Let me tell you something. We often use it as an expression. We often use it as an exclamation. We use it as an expression of unbelief. We that sometimes we when we have a circumstance or a problem that occurs, we don't believe it. And in fact, the urban dictionary calls it an expression of disbelief, Pastor I, or an expression of frustration. Uh-oh. What is it? It is the phrase, Lord, have mercy. For y'all in the Ebonics land, I know some of y'all are saying, Lord, have mercy. Mm-hmm. We, But this is what it is. It's the phrase, Lord, have mercy. On the one hand, we toss this phrase out like a hot potato. When, when somebody does something that we are disgusted with, what do we say? Lord, have mercy. When we don't see an obvious end to our circumstance, what do we say? Lord, have mercy. When we don't see an end to our problems, what do we say? Y'all know what we say. Lord, have mercy. Even when we are upset with others, we will mutter out and exhausted and tired. Lord, have mercy. Especially when we don't understand their actions, we say under the breath, Lord, have mercy. Uh, But in the context, and in the context of this COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we should be using this phrase to gain more mercy. Not using it as a frustrating limit, frustration limiting tool. Mm. Amen out there, somebody. I hope there's at least two or three of you out there who are in virtual land and, and you agree with what we're saying this morning. Oh yes, uh, we all do it. We all we all do it, uh, and most of the time it, it's meant with no disrespect. But the mercy of God is nothing to play with. And I guess that's the reason why God told us that we need to speak from this topic. Lord, have mercy. Listen to me. We better be glad in this environment, this COVID-19 environment, that COVID-19 didn't just wipe away all of mankind like what was done in the days of Noah. Y'all know what happened in the days of Noah. Noah was told it's going to rain because God was not pleased with mankind at that point. And God wiped away everybody except for the animals and Noah's family. And we ought to be glad and sing, Lord, have mercy. Thank you because God did not wipe us all away. And we don't believe that he will wipe us all away. For you see, God's mercy is manifested to those who reverence him. God's mercy is new every morning. God's mercy is a part of his character and God's mercy is rich and it fills the earth. God's mercy is over all of his works and it is with abundance. What is more is that God's mercy, Pastor I, is manifested as everlasting kindness. Oh, I don't know about you out there today, but I'm so glad that mercy is about long-lasting kindness. Not just any kind of long-lasting kindness, but God's 
long-lasting kindness. That makes his mercy become manifested as a father to the fatherless. So we should not be frivolously using the phrase, Lord have mercy, but instead we should be rejoicing mm -hmm. in his mercy. Mm -hmm. Did you hear me? We should be rejoicing in his mercy, even in a time such as this. I hope you heard me. Even in a time such as this, we, we still have to rejoice in God's mercy. Not only that, but we should use his mercy as grounds for our trust. Yeah, yeah. We can do this because God's mercy is his delight. Mm. How do you know that, Dr. Brown? How do you know that? Well, well look at Psalm 118. Verses 1 through 4 in the Amplified where it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, mm -hmm. for he mm -hmm. is good. Mm. And his mercy, his loving kindness, does what? Mm -hmm. Endure forever. Verse 2 says, Let Israel say, his mercy endures forever. And then if you go into verse 3, it talks to the house of Aaron, which is the priesthood, that now says that his mercy endured forever. Then verse 4 sums it all up, telling us all that if we reverence God, then we should readily say that his mercy and his love and his kindness endured forever. I hope I got some amens out there somewhere. So amen, somebody. Verse 5 then comes and tells us, out of my distress. I don't know about you, but I've had some. Out of my distress, I called upon the Lord. Anybody out there ever been feeling like you've been distressed or you've been stressed or you're especially having distress over this coronavirus situation? But the Bible says that the Lord answered me and he set me free and in a large place. So it took his mercy, which was his love, his favor, his faithfulness, his graciousness, and his consideration too, to show us mercy even in this pandemic. So in earnest, with a contrite heart, we say, Given our current situations, Lord, have mercy. And so that's our title for you today. Lord, have mercy. And this is part one of the series. So more to come on Lord, have mercy as a title. But let me tell you a quick story before Pastor I come and preaches the word. Y'all know how I love to talk about Pastor I mm -hmm. being the preacher. Yeah. Amen. 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 Uh, there was a, a king who had a large orchard with a variety of fruit trees in it, and uh, he employed a very skilled gardener to take care of all of his trees. And one day the gardener picked the right juicy fruit from various trees, the ripest that he had, gathered it all in a basket and gave it to the king. The king just happened to be in a bad mood. And so the king decided, well, I'm going to pick something to eat and picked up a cherry. But soon found out that the cherry was all sour. Mm. Oh, so in anger, the king threw the cherry at the gardener. 
hit him square in the forehead, just like what David did to Goliath. But the gardener quickly said, Lord, have mercy. But he said it to himself. And then he hollered out loud to the king, God is merciful. So the king was startled. He didn't know what was going on. He thought that the gardener would return this, uh, this insult with insult. So the, gardener, the king said to the gardener, you must be hurt and angry, but you hollered out to me that God is merciful. Now why would you do that? Why would you do such a thing? So frustrated in his mind, the gardener, of course, went back into his mind to himself and he said, Lord, have mercy. Because he was a little bit fed up, but he was doing what we always do. And he said that to himself again. And knowing that he may have angered the king, he said, it's best for me to put it this way to the king. So he said, your majesty, I was going to bring pineapples to you today, but I changed my mind. If you'd thrown a pineapple at me, I would have been badly hurt and might have been highly frustrated. But God was merciful for having changed my mind. So the moral is, so instead of hollering out, Lord have mercy in disgust and sarcasm, especially when you're with the king, uh, this man used common sense and said that the Lord is merciful. Somebody going to get that one uh, later on when they are looking at this online later on there, thinking back. So we just want you to know part one of our theme this morning. Lord, have mercy. And that is our title for this morning. Come on, preacher. Mm. <laughs> well, bless God. I'm glad that the Lord did change our God's mind this morning and gave him some smaller fruit. Will you um, mute your phone, please? Bless the Lord. Well, as we are looking at our scriptures for this morning, I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the psalm that Pastor Keith read for your hearing from Psalm 118. By the time we get to the 118th psalm in the book of Psalms, we are now in book number five of the book of Psalms. And here in this book, Pastor Keith, uh, there is renewed hope in David's uh, and God's covenantal promise with King David. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, just a little bit of background. In the portion of scripture, we find that David emerges as really a symbol of God's chosen one, which is pointing us toward the Messiah. Remember, we always are going to be pointing towards Jesus. And so the psalm is really an affirmation of God's love and his goodness unto us. So if you ever find yourself in a position where you doubt God's love, pick up Psalm 118 and begin to read it so it can begin to minister to your very heart and to your very soul. Because really what it is is a song. Now we don't know how the song goes, but it is a song of praise that done in three parts and the scriptures bear it out it says that the first time the Israelites say that the love of the Lord endures forever now, 
or amplified version, the amplified version says that his mercy endures forever. And then the next group that comes in are the priests. I'm talking about the bishops. I'm talking about the apostles. I'm talking about the ministers, the pastors. That they will lift up their voices and they will begin to sing his love or his mercy endures forever. But what I love about it is by the time you get to the third part of this song, it is everybody lifting their voices all together. And that doesn't say the people who can sing are on this side and the ones who can't are on that side. It doesn't say that the people who can't sing sit in the back. But it says that everybody lift up your voices at one time and say that God's love or his mercy endures forever. Now can you imagine what it will be like when we can come together again into the house of God and we open up our mouths and be on one accord and sing together his mercy endures forever. I mean, I believe that thing is going to take on a brand new meaning once we are released from here and can get back over there. Oh my God, Dr. Brown. Can you just imagine all of us coming together on one accord singing his love or his mercy endures forever. You see, the thing about it is the song in those first four verses of the text, they, the, the theme of love is what holds it together. It's the dominating force of this song. And that's good for us as believers today That because we need to understand is that we can count on God's love and his faithfulness because it tells us in the text that it endures forever. Yes, and it yes. says to us that his love never runs out. Oh God. And we know what it looks like in this day to have yes. stuff to run out. We've been to the store and got to the toilet paper section yes. and everything had run out. Yes. We've gotten to the paper towels and it had run out. Can we turn your attention to 
our next scripture, which came out of Exodus uh, uh, 33. Pastor Keith read the whole uh, uh, chapter for you so that you could understand what was really happening in the text. Uh, and because what we really want you to focus on is that there was an exchange of dialogue between Moses and God. Uh, how you see Moses, uh, I, I, I love Brother Moses because uh, Moses is, uh, is a covenant mediator. Oh God, he, he stood always between God and them crazy Israelites. And I know, I know, I know, I know they were God's chosen people, but they had some stuff with them, Pastor Keith. Mm -hmm. That, that would make uh, that, that would make Moses probably want to hit him in the head with something a time or two. Woo, fried pan, fried pan. Oh, he had a fried pan. Oh, glory to God. But, but Moses, we love Moses. Uh, he was a, he was unique among the prophets. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But Moses, when, really, when you see the text and you read how God worked through Moses, uh, he, he used Moses in such a manner that Moses was able to have that more personal relationship with God. Amen. Amen. He had that. He had that. He had that. Uh, uh, a relationship that when he said something, God would answer him back, or, or God would seek him out. And, and so we knew that there was something special about Moses. Uh, and the text teaches us that it says that the Lord knows my name. Uh, yeah. Oh, we get excited uh, even in our time yeah. now when, when we heard the song that uh, Tasha Collins Leonard uh, put out there that he knows my name. Yeah. See, that song will take you into some worship uh, yeah. because when you begin to think how God knows you by name, uh, that you understand how personal and how precious you are unto him. Yeah. I believe I'm right about that. I believe there's something uh, about when somebody calls you by your name that you have to understand that there is something special going on in that relationship. The Lord, the Lord does show his mercy on Moses as he agrees to go with him and his people, uh, Israel. You see, and this, uh, my brothers and sisters, is really a turn of events. It's a turn of events because if we look Early in the text, and we land on verse number three, and the text, uh, God says, but I will not travel, travel with you because you are a stubborn and rebellious people. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they had a whole lot of stuff with them. They were wishy-washy. One day they were with them, and the next day they weren't. One day they say Yahweh is the Lord, and the next day they would worship a golden calf. They had some stuff with them, but God had told Moses, I will not go with you because they are stubborn and rebellious. But Moses, Moses is going someplace, and he needs to have an assurance, the assurance of God that God is going to go with him headed into the promised land. Now, the promised land is a good place to go, but what Moses understands is that there are the Hittites and there are Perizzites and there are Canaanites already inhabiting the land. And do you think they're going to let somebody else just walk up uh, pretty much in their house uh, and take over? Oh, no. So Moses is saying, I, 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 you didn't tell me, Lord, who you were going to send with me. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go 
the right necessary people who might be able to protect you okay. better than you can protect yourself. I don't know, but I say high five to Moses. I think that was a good question. I don't mind going Lord, but you still didn't tell me who's going to go with me. How, 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 how. But Moses said, now check this out, check this out. Many women of God, this is the question Moses posed. He says, how will anyone know that you look favorably upon me and your people if you don't go with me. You see, there's something special about when the Lord is traveling with us. When the Lord has his hand and his favor upon us. He says, because it is your presence that separates us from the rest of the world. Oh, come on, men and women of God. we got to understand what it means when God is with us yeah. and what it looks like to those who are on the outside. Ah, uh, we must look like a mighty army coming through. Oh, I'm glad about it. We got to get our heads around that. But see, God shows mercy on Moses as he allows his goodness, he says, to, to, to pass him by in the cleft of the rock. Oh, yes, he gave him a place to hide because he wasn't allowed to look upon God. The scripture tells us that if he were to look upon his face, he would die. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But we got one or two things to tell you before we before we get into our communion service. And that is the first thing we're going to tell you real quickly is we got to understand when men and women of God that we can call on God for mercy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Uh, uh, he will show love. He will show his caring and he will show us his concern. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to prove it to you in a minute. And, 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 and the second thing we're going to tell you is we can ask him to convert our circumstances according to his will. Uh -huh. According to his will uh, is the operative phrase in the sentence. Uh, you see, we believers have been shown much mercy by God. Even in the midst of the pandemic, come on somebody, yes. we've been shown mercy as God uh, has, has, has had people all around us who have fallen ill uh, or even have gotten sick unto death. Uh, but we are still here in the land of the living uh, and we are still pressing forward uh, in his wonderful name that is God's mercy and him fixing our circumstances according to thine will that we may still be in the land of the living and because we have been shown mercy guess what we need to do oh I know y'all ain't gonna get with this but we have got to show mercy to other people yes. yeah 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 and it, 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 see when God shows mercy unto us then we need to show mercy unto our brothers and our sisters. Uh, even when they act up, uh, even when they mess up, uh, even in all their faults uh, and all of their failures, uh, we still need to show mercy unto them. The third thing we're going to tell you is God will comfort you with his mercy. I don't know about you, but God is a God who can have mercy on those who have lost their direction. How many of you out there are bold enough to raise your hand and say there's been a time in my life where I was going in a wrong way. Hallelujah to Jesus. Yes. But God had mercy on me and he put my feet on a right and a better path. 
so now I know how to follow him all the more. God will show mercy and compassion for those of us who have been deprived of meaningful lives. Some of us uh, were born and birthed into some situations uh, that probably should have killed us a long time ago, or at least should have had us uh, somewhere in a corner with a pipe or a bottle or a needle or something going on where we could feel numb and not feel the pain of living in this world. But God yes. had mercy on us yes. and he turned our life that looked like it was going nowhere and doing nothing into something that now God can help us to stand firm and stand strong and we understand who we are because we know whose we are. Yes. Yes, yes. But the text, our text, our text that was born today that we talked about here Moses is directly from God. I told you God had a special relationship with Moses. And, and, and so Moses, he is directly from God. And he sees God firsthand with his mercy towards God's people. You know, somebody, somebody in the text you ought to say, when you read it, Lord, have mercy. Yes. Because when we look at verse number 14 in our scripture today, God assures the people. Then, and this is uh, how we can prove our first point, that you can ask him. You can call on him and ask him for mercy. The text shows that Moses' request was granted by God because he had made an earlier decision to send them alone. And then he says, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Verse number 17 in the text uh, is solidified by our second point because of converting those circumstances that we talked about, uh, but only according to his will, uh, by saying to Moses, I will do this thing that you have asked. Uh, I have found favor. I have found loving kindness and mercy. Hallelujah. And you have gotten that in my sight. Uh, and I know you by your name. Oh, you all know that there's another song out there uh, that says, Lord, if I find favor in your sight. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Lord, please hear my heart cry. Because yes. I'm desperately waiting yes, yes, to yes. be where you are. Yes. I'll climb the highest mountain. I'll travel near and far for your glory Lord I will do anything oh yeah 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 I can hear that melody saying I believe that's going to be our theme song for the moment Dr. Brown for your glory Lord yes, yes, yes. I will do anything and then we get down to verse number 19 where it sums up our third point that says that he will comfort us with his mercy when God says, I will make all my goodness pass before you, I will proclaim my name, the Lord, before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious to. And I will show mercy who to whom I will show mercy. In other words, I will show my loving kindness on whomever I show my loving kindness. That is because our God 
is a sovereign God. He has the prerogative to show his mercy and his kindness on people that he wants to show it on. It doesn't matter who's on your list. It doesn't matter who you like and don't like. It just matters that his love and his compassion will be shown to whomever he chooses. I love it. I love it. I love it that God has that kind of sovereignty uh, yeah. that he can pick people uh, that we would leave out. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somehow, somehow, somehow we believe uh, we believe that it's our kind of people that need to be shown mercy. Mm-hmm. It's the people we favor and the people we like uh, and the people we hang around and the people who look like us uh, that need God's favor and his mercy. But we're glad this morning that we know that the text has shown us that he says, I'll show it on whomever I choose. Can I just tell you, can I just tell you this and then I'm out the way. There was a story that goes, uh, that there was a mother who sought the pardon of her son from the emperor Napoleon. This emperor said uh, to the mother, this, this is the second time he's messed up. And under the, the laws of the land, he needs to be put to death. He said, uh, I, 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 I don't, uh, the mother says, I, I don't ask for justice. But I plead for mercy. But Napoleon said, he doesn't deserve mercy. Sire cried the mother. It would not be mercy if he deserved it. And mercy is all I have. Well, 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 the emperor thought about it, looked around and said, well, I will have mercy. And so the emperor saved her son. Church, we could put any of our names in that story where we could have gotten just what we deserve. But God sent his son yes. that we might be shown mercy. Yes. Spared allies so that we may have a chance to live eternally, eternally with our Father. God's mercy is so wonderful unto us. We don't deserve it, but we got it instead of what we deserve. We're going to give you some more about God's mercy when we come together again next week. Tell your friends, tell your family, Get online next week because Pastor Brown and Brown said that his love 
endures forever. Not something we made up. We read it in God's word. His love and his mercy endures forever. 